Punners, welcome to the third and final Racing Previews podcast for the Warrnambool May Carnival. Uh, we've not long been home. We've got out of the cold and we've uh, it's nice and warm in here, so it's Absolutely, good. Yep. Um, today had a bit of a bit of everything, I guess. Had uh, rain, sunshine. The jumps races were provided plenty of highlights. Uh, the track went from a heavy eight to a heavy nine, yeah. and then and then to a ten. Nuts. Um, they were on the fence early, and then and then as we saw, they started to edge away as the as the day went on. Uh, what do you think of the day? Yeah, well, for for someone who hasn't been in the ball like yourself uh, before, you definitely saw every uh, every every side of one all today. There was a, there was a stage there where you needed sunscreen, and then before you knew it, the uh, the rain and cold had arrived, and it was coming in sideways. And uh, yeah, uh, the ball reared its teeth today. But yeah, that's why we love it, I suppose, because because uh, you can have that. And um, yeah, no, it was. Uh, a little bit better from a, a racing perspective today. As you touched on, all the jumps races were good. Um, they've really been good the whole carnival. We haven't hit uh, hit the marks that we wanted to in every race, but from a racing, jumps racing enthusiast and uh, and a fan, yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. Every every race has had a, uh, had a drama field finish, and that's all you can ask for. Yep, 100%. Uh, so we tipped into seven races, and we were able to get four winners um so it was good to good to have a day in the green today yeah. after yesterday was was a little bit of a strip out um similar to yesterday's podcast i think we're just going to quickly run through uh, a review of each racer that we tipped into today and then we'll get into tomorrow um just where time we've got dinner booked at seven so yeah. <laughs> we're a little bit of be, a tight schedule tight schedule so we've got to be punchy here so race one jamara the two-year-old uh for the ma stable eight start blinkers on first time he was just able to get uh over the top of the first starter yellow sam uh in the run you probably couldn't have had any more on <laughs> the 200 it was a bit of a how far situation exactly right uh he looked like he was just gonna put lengths on him but to the to the second horse's credit or to our horses uh, the other way, yeah. <laughs> whichever way you want to look at it. The, the finish was very tight. They went toe for toe and uh, we were just able to get over the line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the cream rose to the top there, two of the best uh, aggressive riders uh, going around. Like if you, if you want two blokes riding for you in a tight finish to get every bit out of them, apart from Mark Zara. Those are probably the two that you'd uh, that you'd want riding for you. So yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a good race and uh, yeah, right to be good good to be on the right side of it for uh, for a change. Yeah, and also dashing was probably worth uh, black booking there, running home into third. Uh, we kicked on to race two. We had life lessons, very well backed from the Moody Stable, two dollars eighty into two dollars thirty. Uh, I think she got a nice run in transit. Um, just didn't let down at all. We found out later uh, that she pulled up. Uh, what was her problem again? Yeah, she had a few throat issues. Throat issues, yeah. So. so obviously hard to run to your best. Throat issues. So clear forgive there. Uh, Torigine was what was it? Three dollars fifty out to six dollars. Yeah, it was about more? was about three dollars twenty yeah. at uh, at one point. And it's these races are always hard because last night at the Whalers. Yeah. Everyone's declaring this thing, and then you know there was a fair tip for Egyptian icon. Um, there was a fair tip for the Moody Runner. So yeah, it's it's a bit hard to have a firm opinion um, and get it right when you've been tipped three or four good things. But yeah, uh, 
we both sort of swayed into the life lessons corner, um, especially late from a betting perspective. With yeah, two eighty into two twenty for life lessons, and Torajin was three eighty out to six dollars. Um, yeah, Egyptian icon was a bit flat. It got crunched into. Was, I think it touched three dollars eighty at one point this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, it got back out to about five dollars, and uh, yeah, and never looked like it. So yeah, we got that one wrong there. Yep, we sure did. It was another great Jamie Carr steer on on speed. Uh, we skipped race three and four. They were both uh, difficult races. We went to. The race five was the benchmark 120 steeplechase. Quite done, right? Yep. Uh, quite keen on runaway we were. Um, unfortunately, under the bridge did come down and, and took us out of the play, but I don't think he was travelling like the winner anyway. Be the first and last time I chip in to runaway. He, uh, yeah. He's not the superstar that I probably talked him up to be. He was disappointing for mine, um, even with under the bridge falling in front and Professor having to pull him up out of the race pretty much. He was nearly at a standstill over the last. Um, so I don't know what quite happened there, but yeah, he wasn't really travelling like the winner. Um, probably worth noting that the punters absolutely piled into Alsvin, who... Just got nosed out in the finish. He was about seventeen or eighteen dollars into about eight dollars. So the money came for Wild Simon once again. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a peach of a ride from Lee Horner and Amy McDonald on Once Were Lost, and uh, they were too good in the end. So yeah, it was uh, one that we definitely got wrong and very costly. Yep, he might have seen uh, better days now. Runaway, I think. Anyway, onto the Gallywood. What a race this was. Oh, my God. Um, for a first time at Warnable, this is pretty much just... As good as it gets. As good as it gets. Um, coming around the corner, there were three chances. Out and Dreaming and St. Arnica looked for a stride, possibly to have the Greys measure. Uh, and then he switched to the outside, and uh, I think the whole of Australia lifted him home, including us on the fence. Yeah, well, this was uh, at the top of the straight for a couple of strides there. I thought, oh, no. we After tipping Sinanica and Out and Dreaming last start to beat Saunter Boy, and, uh, and we just got that one wrong for a second there, I thought, oh, no. I can see how this is going to go. But, yeah, uh, he's the best hurdler in Australia for one reason. And he had the best jockey on board. And normally if you've got the best jockey and the best horse, sometimes it can go in your favour. But yeah, he was just so tough, so good. Um, yeah, the only other time I could... Um, the only other time I felt like that on the race on the racetrack is watching ZM and gold medals. The, that was electrifying coming down that straight. Rick's call. The whole crowd absolutely lifted Saunterboy over the line. And uh, it was good for the professor to finally taste some success over the carnival. You never want to see um, the best jockey not riding the best horses in the best races. And unfortunately, it's been a carnival to forget with ZM and, and Co. Haven't, uh, haven't quite made it there and uh, other circumstances for him not having the best rides on some of the, the horses that we'd hoped to go around. But yeah, um, it's one of, the, one of the rare times I'd seen him get emotional on the racetrack, um, even more so than when he's won on ZM in the annual. Um, but yeah, it was uh, one for the good guys, that was for sure. Yeah. Just touching on that, obviously we are on course and we don't get to see a lot of the racing.com vision, but we, we quickly chucked it on after the race. And yeah, it was nuts. That was one thing I noticed, just how uh, how emotional 
Pateman was for a, for a, such a champion jumps jockey where success has probably come easier in years gone by. Um, yeah, that one obviously meant a lot. And one little thing that we haven't touched on is uh, going to have a little drive by one of our mates here who will listen, Azza. Here we go. Um, to see Kiramar's emotional reaction after the race just shows you how much jumps racing means to someone like Kieran. Like, he wins group ones, you know, from anywhere from a two-year-old to, to up. And for a race that is loose change at 175000 for the, the races that he can contest in worth millions, for him to have a win over the Bull Carnival in one of the features, it just shows you um, that, yeah, how much jumps racing means. Yeah, obviously more about more than just money and exactly right. this being his a, um, hometown carnival. The love of a horse. Uh, I'm sure he'll be best on again tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> we kick on to race seven. It was over a 1,000 metres. It was a benchmark 70. Uh, we tipped into uh, McKeever. Um, and we also tipped uh, continuance. I thought the run by McKeever was huge. Uh, jumped from the wide gate, never really on the track. Uh, as Rick summed it up, as they turned for home, he was still really travelling. Just that last 100 metres, uh, never say nay. Had the, had the softer run and was able just to, to pinch the win off us. But um, I think just beaten by the barrier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was kicking myself actually not having a little bit on never say nay. Um, I heard about it post-race because my old man listened to the information on RSN this morning when Harry gave it a good push. But yeah, it just shows uh, shows that he's probably undersold a little bit. He's a super jockey, Harry Coffey, um, and he gave that an absolute peach. Yep, and I also continuance was the other tip we had. I just don't think he's just going. Yeah, I just don't think he's going quite as well as last prep. Uh, race eight was the other feature of the day. It was the Wong Goom. Uh, this was a great race. We were up in the stands watching this and it was probably the, the wrong move because the, the, the glare from the sun, we, uh, when they turned for home, we were kicking on innkeeper, thinking yeah. it was showmanship. <laughs> and, um, but it was actually Frankie Pino who was able to, to secure the win. When we woke up this morning, we saw you know, the, the heavy track and we thought this might be more of a 1,400 metre test. He was a 1,400 metre horse, so we had to add him, in, add him into the tips as a, as a little saver. Uh, what do you make of the race? Um, it was a very interesting betting race. Like, showmanship was $3.20 last night when we were doing the podcast, and we had him on top after getting the overs. And it actually turned out we're getting the unders because he could have yeah. got as much as $8 in some places just before the jump. So, yeah, they really wanted to take the set against him first up on the heavy 10. Um, but, yeah, he gave his all. He's definitely going to be better for the run. Um, we'll definitely be following him throughout the preparation. But yeah, some of the betting moves, like Poland ended up jumping equal favourite at $5. See, I definitely can't have him. He's no. They love backing him, and he is a bit of a squib. He never runs... Well, yeah. I shouldn't say he's a squib, because he always runs honest races. He just doesn't win very often. I just I think with Poland, I think he's he has a couple of big ratings next to his name, yeah. so the syndicates really love to, to smash him late. But, um, yeah, they get sucked in. <laughs> they might be thinking otherwise. Uh, it's worth noting, innkeeper last year's winner almost went back to back another another yeah, really huge. good run um bless her just in the slightly inferior ground yeah. when we were watching the race because it all happens so, it's so loud at the ball like 
it gets it, you can't exactly tell where all your horses are if you're not standing in the right position. So we actually didn't know until we watched the replay that she was up up and in, which was probably the worst spot to be. And she was she sort of loomed up, but sort of slowly was starting to go backwards at the two hundred, just in the quicksand. Yep. I know connections. Um, yeah, they they thought similar. So she's just in the inferior going, unfortunately. Yeah. I think showmanship will be the horse to take out of the race yep. going forward. Um, whether he can win a good wood or not, he probably has to... Uh, no, I don't think so. He, he would have to come on a lot from that um, to, to match some of those horses. But Maybe Queensland, chase a bit of sting out of the ground. Yeah. I think the key thing is uh, he's come back well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Just what uh, where his ceiling is is yet to be seen. Yep. Race nine was... Uh, a benchmark 70 over 1400 meters flash flood was extremely well backed i think it was three dollars fifty when the tips went out into two dollars sixty the whole of warnable was on uh and as rick <laughs> said when when the horse came flying down the straight um huey huey yeah well uh it was a bit of a set play especially after visionary was uh was scratched this morning I don't reckon there wouldn't have been too many people that weren't on Flash Flood. Huey's last ride of the carnival before partying on tonight at the Whalers. Um, yeah, he definitely might have an extra couple of drinks tonight after lifting that one home. But yeah, um, he was obviously a marquee figure of the carnival. Um, yeah, bit of bad luck throughout so far for him over the carnival. I suppose he would have hoped to have had a bit more success. But yeah, he goes home a winner and... Hopefully, he might come back again next year. Yeah. It's quite an easy watch, that one as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll skip the last. We didn't have a tip in that race, and we'll, we'll look to tomorrow, and we'll try and uh, speed this up a little bit. I think tomorrow, we just want to be finding wet trackers. Yeah. Um, it's a heavy 10 right now. The track, Possible rain coming tonight. Yep. So, the track tomorrow. isn't going to be improving at all. It's going to be getting even worse. Uh, the inside is gone i think and it's going to be i think they might uh, move the rail out three meters yeah from a few of the jockeys that we've spoken to around around that corner and that up and in sort of section is absolutely cactus so i wouldn't be surprised if you see some some brave rides coming down the outside fence tomorrow um but yeah yeah definitely want to be finding wet trackers we'll we'll go to the first race it's uh it's the jumps uh, over 3,200 metres, uh, you've found a wet tracker here. Yeah, I'm pretty keen on Roland Garros here in the first. Um, three kilo weight swing from last start, uh, where Brungle Birdie had his and Hush Rider's measure. Um, I think Hush Rider will be scratched. He doesn't like the wet track. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not really sold with Blanford Lad. Like, yes... He's won his maiden and can go on with it, but it wasn't a back-me-next-start in a feature, um, I don't think. Look, Brungle Birdie could come out and make a mess of him again, but with a three-kilo weight swing, Roland Garros is a dead-set mud-like, um, where Brungle Birdie is... I don't know if he's going to appreciate it as much as Roland Garros is. So yeah, with a three kilo weight swing, added fitness, and we did say that it was going to be a, a, the start to turn for Mar Eustace, um, the start of day two, and I definitely think uh, with even luck, I think now he can snatch a feature here. Willie McCarthy in the saddle, um, 
Yeah, I think he's a good bet at $4. Yeah, so just for the punters listening at home, it's 11 lengths he has to turn around, but you just think on a heavy, what will be a heavy 11 and a three kilo weight swing, that is definitely achievable. Yeah, I think so. Where like Brungle Birdie's probably got a little bit more um, sort of flat form where Roland Garros is just a true out-and-out jumper, I think. Um, yeah, and we're also going to go from a, a, a flatter jump track to a testing warnable circuit. So, yeah, I think there's enough, enough things there for the result to be swayed. Yeah, and I also remember Roland Garros. He actually won that day at Mooney Valley. I think he was 20 to 1 in that staying race. Yep. Uh, the races that's probably the heaviest I've ever seen Mooney Valley and the races actually got called off that day so he is a dead set mudlark and I wouldn't be surprised if the the support continues for him yeah uh, we'll kick on to race two it's a benchmark 70 over 1400 meters uh, I was mainly around three and four here Caesar and pocket change the form around Caesar out of that Sandown race is quite good I thought uh, he got up to beat Aaron Bay uh, that was a really solid win and it was on a soft track. Pocket Change has some form on heavier tracks. Uh, he actually won last start on a heavy 10. Uh, the knock is he beat Water Fox. Mm. Um, there was a you know big margin back to third, but I'm not 100% sure how good a form line that is with Water Fox, uh, how, how genuine he is or yep. she is. Um, so I was mainly working around those two. Uh, Dustland Fairy Tale does have a have a win on the heavy, but it might be slightly inferior form. And uh, Henty, I'd probably say the same, just just inferior form. So I was leaning three from four. I'm not 100 sure which way I'll go just yet. I've got um, I've got a little interest in the uh, in the pocket change number yeah. four. Could be a big day for D Holland and uh, and us here on the pod. Um, there's quite a few selections that I like um, uh, that he's got the reins for. Um, yeah, wet track form, good last start in a pretty even race um, at 5:50. I reckon I could have a little little play there. There you go, go Dutchy. Uh, race three again. I didn't have a, a massive opinion in this race. It's a 1100 meter contest over. It's uh, a benchmark 78. There are some nice horses engaged here, the likes of Capriccio, Ocular, The General, Asher Street, Fiery Red, Our Wind Spirit. Um, they're probably some of the classier horses, you could say, uh, going around tomorrow. The General was a horse you're interested in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, good win first up, last preparation on soft ground. Uh, the heavier, the better, I think, for him. Good first up record. Rinse and repeat, Dutchy on. Um, yeah, as long as he can get him out into a nice sort of section of the track from two. Um, yeah, I think he is definitely a bet at $5 in a pretty sort of average field. Yeah, I could definitely come with you there. Uh, I think Ocular could be the best horse in the race. Um, he could have the best form in the race. Uh, around the likes of Corner Pocket, mm. but I'm just not sure about him on a on a bottomless track first up. Um, yeah, Capriccio, he also was a little bit plain first up. He might improve, but it, it looks is, like the general is the way to go. It is worth noting, I think, um, 
Ocular won this race last year. So he was he was smashed in betting that day, beat Kalkani Royale, and he was slightly better than even money on soft ground. But yeah, as you said, query on the heavy, where he's you know, he's only double the price of the general, but I still think there's probably double the query there. Yep. Race four is another benchmark seventy over fourteen hundred metres. Uh, I had number three Puckapaniel on top here, as an each, just on an each way basis. I thought eight dollars and two dollars sixty was quite uh, quite attractive. He led and just got a little bit tired first up. I think he'll be fitter for that. He draws well in three. Uh, Frizy will be able to get into the best part of the track. Um, I think the tide is going to start to turn for Uncle Lindsay. Uh, he, I'm, I'm keen on some tomorrow. Yes. Needs to. He's. Uh... He talked a big game at the start of the carnival. It hasn't, unfortunately, uh, panned out that way so far. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's yet to see the, the heavy ground, this horse, but uh, his best form is on the soft. So, hopefully he handles it. We'll kick on to race five. It's a benchmark 64 over 2,000 metres. One of the shorter price favourites of the day is King of Pharaohs. Uh, I thought he was quite an impressive winner last start at Bendigo. He jumps quickly from the 1,500 metres to 2,000 metres, but he really controlled that race. Uh, he beat Confrontational, who's not a bad sort of a benchmark. And I just think he can do it again here, really. Um, there doesn't look a whole lot of pressure for him for the lead. And there's just not a whole lot of um, other exposed form on the wet, I guess. He, he went on the heavy nine last start, so he should be okay. Yep. Um, We'll kick on to race six. Um, it is a benchmark 70 over 1,700 metres. I'll, I'll give you the floor here. You've got a nice story to tell us. Yes, well, this, uh, this was one of the bigger plungers I saw at Warnable last year. Um, Richie Lamming was well liquored at the Whalers, um, which can happen to the best of us at times. Um, he did have quite a substantial bet. Um, he actually declared this thing to me. Um, at, at the time, it was about forty-one dollars. He must have told a few people because it was about in. I think it was forty ones into twenty ones. Went straight to the front, like he said it would, and they didn't catch it. Um, and I think it could do it again here. Um, I think he's definitely a bet at six fifty. It could just be same tactics. It's exactly the same setup last year. Um, yep. Second up, 1,700 metres, this race. Goes good on the wet. Oh, he's unbeaten at the trip. I think uh, I think it's definitely a bet here. There's just no $41. Yep, that's right. We'll have to take the $6.50. And as you said there, he's actually coming off a, a much better run mm. first up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> then first up, last last prep, he ran fourth behind um, Sane of Catawais at Sandown. So that mightn't be bad form. Uh, Warsfold does have Mr. Brightside form, so he could be hard to beat. Uh, Rudaha, uh, he's probably another one who's going to be hard to beat. I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think the tide could start to turn for Lindsay Smith. And then out to number seven, Cabino, does have wet form, but I think it's in inferior races. So I'm pretty happy to come aboard there with number four, Saradek. Jumps from barrier four and hopefully was ridden on speed by Dutchie Holland. Race seven is the biggest race of the Warnable Carnival. It's the grand this is, annual. This is the carnival. This is the carnival. This is where everyone gets up on the hill and watches 
It's a grand annual over 5,500 metres steeplechase. Uh, I'll quickly read through the market. Number six, Vanguard, $2.70. Number eight, Bud Fox, $3. Number seven, Hebe Wright, $5. Number five, Master Poet, $15. Getting Leggies, a similar price. And then we're out to American in Paris, San Remo. Bit of a lad, looks gone. Police Camp, My King's Cancel, and Eyes of Blue is 100 to 1. Yes, well, uh, I think we're going to stick with Hebe Wright here. We backed him first up. Um, this preparation and the camp uh, weren't short of saying that this was their annual horse this year. You could tell that was definitely the play um, last run because they'd taken the speed out of his legs to ensure that he's going to be able to run 5,500 metres. At $5, I can definitely chime in to him. Um, Vanguard has the challenge of backing up from Tuesday to Thursday. Bud Fox, i got question marks on him. I think he might just be not good enough. And then, yeah, it's 15s or better the rest. Um, this is the same syndicate. Um, same colours as a blaze we all know they've already won one annual and I wouldn't be surprised um, with a bit of even luck tomorrow they might have a second annual on the mantelpiece Um, yeah he's just got really good wet form I think he's definitely a play for me Vanguard will obviously be trying to complete the the same double that gold medals achieved yep not quite sure if he's as good a horse he might not need to be yeah he might not need to be but at Half the quote. Yeah. Oh, I don't really want to. Yeah, I haven't seen enough from Vanguard yet to say that he's a definite two dollar seventy chance in an annual. I don't think he's as good as gold medals. Obviously, he hasn't had as much uh, opportunity to prove himself. But yeah, it's a it's a lot. It'd be massive. Like he could he could really put his name up in lights and show that he's a real deal tomorrow if he's to come out and win. But yeah, first Australian campaign. To win a Briley in an annual, you've got to be a pretty good horse. But, yeah, there's enough enough, uh, enough grey areas for me. Yep, so we got, we'll got we do two more races. We'll punch through them. Uh, 1,400-metre handicap tomorrow. Tuvalu is resuming. Uh, he had gallstones, I believe. Yep. Uh, so he's had a couple months off. We know he's the best horse in the race. Carries 55 kilos, so he's very well in here. I think if he's anywhere near his best, then he <clears> does look the winner. Um, Camborn is a winner on the heavy track Vazme we've seen when he can control races he's very good um, I'm not sure if he's going to get complete control here mm-hmm. and then we're out to Chief Altony. Uh this could be one at double figures to be honest uh, he is a winner one out of one on the heavy track and he does have he has claimed a couple of scalps in his time including um, face mask who was a good winner at the bull I remember and also ran second to Mr Brightside uh, last prep at the valley yeah he was one that I was interested in at the double figure quote um, yeah it's it's it could be a great bet Tuvalu at $2.20 or it could be the worst $2, $2.20 bet ever you just don't know how he's going to come back from injury on a heavy 12 by this time you know, twenty eighth race of the carnival. He could he could start real short with punters trying to dig out, but yeah. I don't know if I want to chime in just yet. Yeah, I think the softest or the heaviest track he's seen is only a soft five, so 
I'm not 100% sure which way I'll be swaying, but I'm, I'm happy to take an early bet on Sheaf Altony at the uh, at the double figures. I think he might be well supported late uh, as he is coming second up. Last race we're going to take a look at is the Warnable Cup, listed 2,350 metres. I won't read out the market. I think we know who the favourite is. It's Grand Slam. He's in the red. Uh, Nerve Not Verve is, has been well supported. I yep. think uh, she might have been $9 all in, and now she's... $4.80, and then we're out to Milford uh, and Warning. What were your opinions of this race? Um, I didn't mind future score for Freddie. At, I think I locked in $34, still about $26 available. Nico's taking th- all the price punters. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, it's just coming through a bit of that DF, different form. It's coming through probably the best form in the race. Like this is it's come back and come back from Group One, Group Two company. I know, yes, staying form, but easy enough to like for mine. Ran third in an Adelaide Cup, beaten three and a half Dyke and Sweet Junior, and then fourth last start in the Sydney Cup on really heavy ground. It could be the very similar track to what it faced last start. You definitely know that it's going to get through the going, and will have the miles in its legs. Has to be a massive query here, Grand Slam, doesn't it? Like, he's odds on. He's never seen a heavy track. Yes, his two fails have been in a Cox Plate and the other races. And a Rose Hill Guineas. So two Group 1s, but yeah, I don't know if I want to be taking even money. You Just wait if you like Grand Slam. Yeah, I think you'll get $2.50. Yeah, you'll get, you, you might even get $3, depending on what this market does. Um, we've had a little spec on Nerve, not Verve. Yep. Uh, if... At about five fifty this afternoon, just before we this airs. Um, but yeah, I've definitely had a, a one by three bet future score, and I've had a little bit on nerve not verve. Not necessarily overly sold on nerve not verve. It's never been one of mine, but um, yeah, I think it'll be very well supported and we'll start a clear second fave. Yeah, the thing with Nerve Not Verb is she's a bit of a one batter, a bit of a one pacer, but she will get through this heavy track. She won a she, always a, runs she well. won a Group Two last start at uh, Randwick over twenty six hundred meters. Uh, I'm happy to take your bet future score, and I, as you said, I've, I've touched, uh, I have taken a little bit of the price of Nerve Not Verb. I'm against Grand Slam at the moment. I couldn't touch him. I definitely couldn't touch him in the red. No. Uh, it's probably worth noting we we did tip to the punters Bedford. Mm. Unfortunately, uh, thirty-four dollars and seven dollars. We we uh, backed him at. Oh, how he, well suited would have he been here? He, he was. He could have been smashed. Yeah, he carried sixty-two kilos in the Stall Cup. He was dropping eight kilos to fifty-four. Had brilliant wet track form. Uh, last start just looked like the perfect pipe opener. I think he would have been thirty-four dollars into. I don't know, twelve dollars maybe. Yeah, something, something around there. I think it would have been yeah, twelve dollars, and we would have had seven dollars the place. So that's a bit sick. Uh, I think they're just separating him from the stablemate warning. Um, warning does carry the top weight, sixty and a half kilos. Uh, has failed once on a heavy track. Um, what else is there? Not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, it's a bit of a raffle the race. Um, maybe just keep on board with the socials on the racing previews page tomorrow um, we might we might post something closer to the race the only other one that I could come into at a double figure quote is Witcher Star Witcher Star bit of a mouthful yeah um, yeah I've liked his I've liked his form he's one from one on a heavy track got the fitness in him 
whether he can make that step from a benchmark 78 to a Warnable Cup black type race. I don't know, but 54 kilos on the minimum on a heavy track. You're getting a price to find out. Yeah, yeah, he is jumping from a benchmark 78 to a listed race, but he will handle the track and he will be rock hard fit for Bo Mertens. Anyway, Nico, I think we're, we'll better wrap up there. Uh, the memories are getting a bit louder in the background. Yes, yes. And we've got to get to dinner. So that's been day two of the Warnable Carnival. Punters will look forward to day three, uh, obviously the Grand Annual and the Warnable Cup. It's going to be a big crowd on track and we're it's looking forward to it. It's going to be huge. Thanks, punters. See you tomorrow. Thanks, boys.